0: Welcome back, everybody. This is the Black Blackwash podcast, and I'm one of your co-hosts, Larry Sampson, with my co-host Destiny Johnson. And today we have a very interesting topic. Now, the other day, Destiny and I were ta- the, discussing potential topics, and I, I told her, I was like, you know what we haven't decided? We haven't done Black people and money. Money rules the world, as they say, and I think that's a very important topic. And the other day, I was on social media and I saw something, now I don't know if it's true, but I, I saw that Nas is on the verge of becoming a billionaire. And that just got me to thinking like, wow, like don't get me wrong, I always knew Nas was doing well. I didn't know he was on the cusp of being a billionaire. I mean, that's a major step, especially growing up, all the black billionaires I knew were like, Oprah and Oprah, you know? so. And now for somebody like Nas to be at that point, I'm thinking we must be doing pretty well. And I've seen studies that said that if African-Americans were their own little country, we'd be top five as far as buying power is concerned. So clearly there's a lot of things that we're doing well. However, there are certain things that we're not doing as well. So I kind of wanted to have this discussion because as we continue to progress in this tech age, there's becoming new and improved ways to make money. You know, you have people making money off of social media. You know, uh, you, you look at companies like Uber coming out there and they're really rethinking ways that we look at business and ways that we look at generating an income. So um, I'm going to let my cousin and my co-host introduce our guest and he's going to kind of, you know, talk about the different ways that he knows about getting money and generating an income.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I'm so happy for this guest to be joining us today. He was actually supposed to be our first guest, but it was a little bit delayed. And he's finally on right now. So... Delayed
0: but not denied. Delayed but not denied. Yeah, exactly.
1: right on time but um, we're actually really old friends. We were in high school together, Kareem Brown. And I'm really happy for what you're doing in life and your are investing and real estate and different business ventures. So just let us know what you're up to. All
2: right, thank you, Destiny and Larry for having me on. I really appreciate you guys, um, especially this topic right here, um, investing. Um, so right now I just, I do real estate. That's what I do out here in Las Vegas. Um, just joined the luxury real estate team, Hoops to Homes EXP. Um, so uh, we focus on um, really just, uh, really just real estate and helping people, um, you know, purchase their first homes. You know, even though it's luxury, I like to tap in with my database, people that um, that uh, I went to high school with, and people that I grew up with, friends and family, um, just Black African American people, and just people of all ethnicities who don't know the value of purchasing a home and buying a home so um that's really what I focus on I love investing I love the stock market as well Um, so I know we'll dive into that
1: okay yeah so let me just slow you down for a second what made you get into real estate because actually I feel like real estate is a very booming career right now I know quite a few people that are getting in real estate what was your reason for getting into real estate
2: I mean, honestly, there's probably there's a lot. I mean, it could. I don't know your mom was in real estate, so growing up, we used to hang out at Destiny's house, and she had the fattest crib. So like going over there, and like, hey, what do you? What's like, what's your mom do? You're like real estate, so that kind of sparked the interest there. That always had a little thought in my head. Um, I had a I had a really good client. I don't know if you remember Destiny. I used to work at the nightclub at a uh, One Oak. Man, I had a really good client who would come in. This guy I met. He was a he was. Um, he was from New York and um, I was just hosting there and like, I just met him outside the club one day and he came in and then he would spend like, he, he would spend like $10,000 every time he came in the club, like the least amount of money he spent in the club. So one day I'm like 22, 23 years old. I just asked him one day. I was like, Hey, like, what do you do? You know? And like, or like, how do you have like, like, what, like, what do you recommend somebody as young as me? Um, to do to you know just get financial wealth and um he was just like invest in real estate I remember him telling me we we're in the club music was loud he was just like invest in real estate do real estate so that kind of pinned something that I had a roommate um my friend Nick who also kind of got me in the stocks as well um he was doing real estate and he just moved here and he was kind of always telling me like hey Kareem you know so many people here you're from here you got a big family I think you should get into it and then um meeting my wife uh, right when I proposed and everything. I knew we wanted to buy a house. And so like that really sparked it right there because I knew I was going to want it to save on my commission. I didn't want to pay anybody for my commission. So I was like, okay, if I'm buying a house, I might as well get my real estate license and do this myself. So, that is like,
1: one thing about you too. Like you've always been about your hustle and bustle, like whatever. So from what I'm getting from your answer was, you knew that this is what was going to make you money. Yeah because before I could ever even think before, I don't even think we were allowed to work. Like you always had a job and he was always making money.
0: Yeah. So here's the question that I have. Now we, we say real estate now for the, for the people listening, everybody has a different idea when they think of, Oh, I'm in real estate. You you know, like you say, you're, you've gotten your, your real estate's license. So you're, you're an agent. There might be an, i I take people to different homes who are looking to buy homes and I do that part of real estate or I buy properties and I fix them out and flip them. I'm in real estate in that regard. So when you say you're in um, real estate, what, are, what is every you know area of the subject of real estate that you touch?
2: personally? Okay, All right. me personally. So I've done, so traditional sales, yeah, like you said, showing people houses or listing their home. I've done that. Uh, wholesale. Um, that's, uh, that's very lucrative as well. Like kind of, you're kind of the middleman between people who invest in properties and people who want to sell their property. You kind of find people who are kind of in a bad situation and stuff like that, or short selling their home. You just, you find them and you go, Hey, you know, I could sell your property, you know, within two weeks, or, you know, you know, give me the deed to your property. I can sell it right now in two weeks, you know, for let's just say 150,000 you know, and then I can go take it to an investor and go, Hey, I have this property for 160,000, you know, and they'll say, Oh yeah, that's a steal. Cause I could fix it up and sell it for 220. So, you know, so you can kind of, so it's like, a yeah, so it's a good middleman, uh, network there. I've done that. Um, what else really? just. Don't you
1: buy
2: traditional- and put homes yourself? Yeah. So well, that's what so the, the investor, that's what the investor I've only, so I've only done, like, I haven't really, you know, put my own money up for that that's just kind of it's kind of wholesaling really that's really that's really what i've done in that and like they kind of fix it up it's that was like it's, it's his team you know and they they buy it they get it they make the magic happen they sell it i really just i really just find the people who need to sell or who want here's to sell.
0: The thing, here's the thing and i don't mean to cut you off my brother but i think that's a very important point that you hit because i think a lot of times people in general, but in particularly black people, we're a little hesitant to jump in at a particular business because we always think, well, I need X, Y, and Z. Like I need all this starting capital. I need all of this. And so we're hesitant. We're going to, we're going to kind of play in the back. I was like, Oh, well, once I get starting capital, then I'll jump into the real estate game. Or once I have this, then I'll jump into the real estate game. Whereas you, you saw an opportunity and It's like, well, my gift, what I automatically bring to the table is I'm a connector. I can get, you know, person A to person B and right. you're going to pay me for being the person who connected you guys. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think that it's interesting that you say, hey, I might not, and I'm not speaking on your bank account, brother. I don't know what you have, but but you might be taking the uh, point of view, like I don't have the starting capital to buy a hundred thousand dollar property, but what I can do is I can use my skill and my ability to hustle and go out there and find the two people who need to connect, make that happen. And now I've, I've made my money on the back end.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And you don't, and like for wholesaling, you don't even need a real estate license to do that. You know, like you just need to have the knowledge, honestly, you know, so, um, and, and just kind of rolling it over, you know, so once I, you know, like, once you get that, you know, just knowing the investor, you could say, Hey, okay, you gave me 10,000, but I want to roll that into the deal. I want to put that 10,000 into renovations. I want to put that into contracts, whatever it may be. And then he say, okay, you give me 10,000, I'll give you 15 once the house sells. So then you're starting to let your money work for you. You know, so it's just, there's so many ways. Yeah, so there's that, but there's property management. I mean, there's people that I know who own, you know, 10, 12 rental properties. You know, there's so many ways, you know, that we can do this. And um, I just wish that, I, w- I just wish they, they teach us this in school and that we can know early. You know, now, just- quick
0: question. I just kind of want to, because I know a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, because I'm like right now, I'm like, yo, I, I got. Time. I'm like, what can I do so <laughs> I, I can money? I was, like, I was like, let me let me come up like my brother Kareem right now. But like, <laughs> so I was gonna say, um, so what what did you do first? So did you find the investor? Because from from the way it sounds, it's like you found the person with the property, and then you went to the investor. But it's like. Do you have the idea of who the investor is going to be when you tell somebody you can sell their home within two weeks? Or you just know by the nature of doing business, there will be an investor on that property. And how do you go about making the valuation, like going to check, is it the uh, surrounding properties that i've uh, that i've sold where you say okay this home in a similar area sold for 150 so if i tell them that i can sell for 100 like how do you go about it can i explain that to the people
1: just to feel- add on to what you're saying too that's another thing that is big on this like you're making it sound like oh you just have to do this and this but it sounds like you have to be heavy on networking too which i think that you are i always see you out golfing and doing all these things where you have to get to know the people so you know who to do this to and get connected to the right people that can purchase these things.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. That's definitely what it is. It's, uh, it's all networking and just really just God putting me in the right spot at the right time, I guess. Yeah. I was working at a golf course and, uh, once I got my license, you know, I was just talking to people because it was a private golf course and it's people who, who they spend a hundred thousand dollars a year just on a golf membership, you know, and that's just, just for golf. So it's just people with money there. And, and I just asked like, Hey, what do you do? Like, you know, like what do you do? I'm always intrigued. So I just and I met, you know, some people say, Oh, I'm in real estate, I'm in real estate. So it's like once I got my license, I just found those people who were in real estate. And I was just like, hey, I just got my real estate license. You know, if, if there's anything I could do for you, you know, let me know. And then, you know, one guy, this one investor was like, Hey, yeah, they're really investments. Um, I have a site, you know, you can go on and you can kind of just look up, you know, people who have foreclosures and then if they're looking to sell, you know, just kind of, you know, you can just plug me with them and then we can just make something happen. So And just reaching out to, and then this this guy from, I just reached out to another guy who I met from golfing. He said his cousin did wholesaling in Philadelphia. He's like, hey, you should call my cousin in Philly, you know, and this is what he does. And he was the one that kind of put me on to like, yeah, so you don't have to like, you know, you don't have to give it straight to the investor, you know, run the comps, you know, like Larry said, run the comps on the neighborhood, you know, and just see what properties are selling for. But just mind, you know, these people are laying tough spots, you know, they're looking to sell, they're on foreclosures, they're, they're getting off notice um on their properties so you just find them and you just reach out to them and you know they're somewhat desperate and you say hey i can get you i can have your property a week within two weeks you'll have you know whatever the equity is you know say you know like i said if the property is worth 150 thousand and, and they only only owe 100 hundred thousand on the property you'll have fifty thousand dollars in two weeks you know cash in your hand you know to them and they and mind you they don't know they probably don't know they could be tweaked out they don't know you know, that the property is really worth 220, 240, you know, they don't really know, they don't really Here's pay. Go ahead. Lance. Here's
0: the thing that I want to point out, right? Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, you and I have just met today, but what I've noticed <laughs> right off the bat is the power that you have is you're not afraid of the word no. You'll go up to somebody and ask like, hey, you know, what do you do? You know, if you're interested, come talk to me You know, stuff like that. That's one thing I always tell people, because a lot of times people look at certain skills that somebody has and be like, well, that brother made it that way because, you know, he's six, eight and can play basketball or he can rap or he could do that. Not realizing that, although there might be certain skills that you might not naturally have, there's other skills that you can work on that can put you in a position to make a lot of money. If you're willing to say, hey. I don't, I might not be the, and, I, and I'm and i not saying this about you, my brother, but like, if you're saying, hey, I might not be the smartest cat, but I can, I will go and I will grind and I will go out there and shake hands and I will meet people. You can make money. If you will say, hey, I'm not afraid to, you know, ask somebody something and they might say no. And I'll ask the next person as if the first person didn't say no. If, if you have that type of mentality and then you're hungry for knowledge, you, like the one thing that I noticed about you, Because we're going to talk about a a number of different subjects today, as it regards to like making, as it relates to making money. But the number one thing is you're constantly seeking knowledge. Don't Mm -hmm. just go in the field and be like, okay, well, I heard on the Blackwash podcast that this is a way to make money. Let me jump in. Always find people who know what they're doing and do your research. And it seems like that's what you're big on, my brother, as really finding out, hey, how do I go about navigating this terrain?
2: Yeah, no, true. True. And um, I feel like this in all business, I feel like your ego has to go out the door. And that's what I'm learning now through uh, my mentor, Sam Coleman. Um, he's kind of teaching me just like you can't really have an ego and you can't have, like you said, that mindset. Some people, they, they just fear or like, for example, like, you know, he kind of he wants me right now. Like I'm going through my phone, and I'm calling everybody in my phone. You know, I'm just reaching out to him, people I haven't talked to in years. I haven't changed my cell phone number since high school. I got contacts in there like, you know, from 10 years plus, you know, so like, I'm like, like, you know, he's he's like, he's taking my phone and he's going through, he's like, call this person. I'm like, I haven't talked to that person in like six years, you know, and he's like, call that person and tell that person, Hey, if you were to buy a house uh, or, or if you knew a friend or family member to buy a house in Las Vegas, who is the agent you would refer or send the business to, you know? So I'm like, I'm like, I just can't call and do that. And he's like, that's your ego. He's like, your ego is telling you, you can't do that. He was like, why not? He's like, that person would probably love to hear from you. You know, just call them, get the business out the way. Cause you don't want to be like a, a douche. You don't want to, you know, talk, Hey, how you doing? How's your family? And then, Oh, Hey, by the way, I'm doing this and this and this, get to the, get to the business and then get it out the way. So it's just, um, I feel like, yeah, he just says like no ego. And, and yeah, I try to be big on that, but sometimes I, I didn't know that was ego though. I thought that was really just like fair or like, you know, just nerves. You know, but he yeah, said yeah, like, yeah. you know, so yeah, but some people just have the ego. Yeah, you don't have it has to go out the door. If you want to learn something or if you think of something, you know, you just have to go for it. And um, but I feel like just, you know, a lot, of, especially like, you know, our people, you know, they like saying they just feel like they're already down and out or they're just already behind. You know, I have a I have a cousin who's always like, Hey, you know, we couldn't buy property, you know, until what 1930s. You know, we're already behind. We were already set up to fail, you know. So like, so what what does it even matter? And it's like, but it matters, like we don't have to hell now, it's a new day. You know, like, you know, like we just have to be, yeah, you know, yeah. we didn't get the head start. You know, we didn't get the properties that left behind, that our our great grandparents left behind for us. We didn't get that, but we can buy property now, you know, so like, let's move forward. So you like, yeah, just getting the ego out the way and just going forward and just ask if there's, if, you, if there's something you went to, I recommend that everybody just, you know, just ask for help. You know, I'm, I'm always looking for help and I'm, you know, you gotta just know when you don't know something or when you're wrong and just go for it. I feel like and i
1: feel like too when you're passionate about something your ego goes out the door anyway because you just don't even give a damn you're just like hustling i think also i found that i definitely had a big ego but ever since it came to i would say honestly this podcast i'm like whatever like i think you're knowledgeable in this let's have a fucking conversation
2: yeah Mm -hmm. people yeah people enjoy that and that's how i got to know like Like my mentor, Sam, I just, I just reached out to him one day and I was just like, Hey, you know, can I take you to lunch? Like, I see what you're doing. You know, we started real estate. Like, oh, I started like three years ago. He probably started five years ago. And, but like over the past two years, he just like completely took it to a whole nother level to like, now he's only doing million dollar plus homes. And I'm like, how is he doing that? Like how, like, you know, so like, and I'm just and just so I just had to reach out to him. I'm like, yeah, let's go to lunch. I just and I'm like, how, you know, how are you doing this? Like, what do you do? And he kind of he's like, I just work. He's like, cream. He's like, everything I'm doing, you could be doing. He's like, I really just work. I just like you know, I'm knocking on doors. I'm sending out mailers. I'm calling people. You know, I'm just working. He was like, you know, and that's you what might be doing.
0: asking. Is this is this a black person or what? Or what? Yeah, because I want to I want I want to tell people this. I think especially as black people we're really hesitant sometimes to sit down and have a conversation. And I'm only going to share this short little anecdote with the you know to teach people you never know what will become out of a conversation. So I went to undergrad at UNLV. My first day, I anybody who knows me and my cousin she always is clowning me for this. If you see me on the daily, I'm in basketball shorts and a t-shirt 99.9% of the time. Cozy. I, that's just, that's just how I rock. I got big legs, and I and I dress for comfort.
1: Wait a minute, hold on. We can't relate. Me and Kareem both got best dressed
0: in high school. Yo, we did. I know y'all. I know y'all that's can't right. relate. I know y'all can't relate. But that's just. I guess I was just the athlete swag I was on. Like that's just my mentality. I always wear basketball shorts and like a t shirt and like slides. Right. So yeah. I'm at. So I'm at orientation. Right. And I'm sitting there, and there's a guy. And I, and I and I just strike up a conversation with them, right? We're going back yeah. and forth and I mean, carrying on. And not a black guy, right? Not yeah, a black yeah. guy, right? Just conversation and it was a good conversation. Turns out by the end of the conversation, this was the vice president of Wells Fargo Bank. And at the <laughs> end of the conversation, he was offering me a job. He was offering me to go like floor seats and watching UNLV basketball games. All this other stuff, he was like, hey, man, come work for me. And then, like, he I mean, we went to dinner a couple of times and stuff like that. And he's been dying to get He's like, man, come work at Wells Fargo. Oh, you're going to law school? Oh, we need lawyers. Like, go work at Wells Fargo. And it's like, and I and I say that to say this. is like, a lot of times you'll think, like, oh, we don't have anything in common. The thing that I didn't know, like, I was just talking about basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I love basketball. I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. So we were talking about basketball, and we were going back and forth. He turns out to be a booster for UNLV basketball. So that's how we had a, like, we kind of relate. So we yeah. got this uh, an Italian cat who's like in his fifties. And I'm like, like I said, this undergrad year. So I'm like, maybe what, 18, 19, whatever you are your freshman year in college. And, yeah. and I mean, we're going back and forth. With I started the conversation. It was light outside. I look outside, it was dark outside. So I only say that to, Tell people, don't be afraid if you see somebody who potentially has a knowledge base, ask them. And if they say no, you're in the same exact position you were before you asked them the question. And if they say yes, now you've opened the door to potentially be like my brother Kareem and, and signing these checks. So, Can I say this
1: too? I mean, that's easy for you to say because you're a very, very interactive person. But yeah. for someone like me, I get anxiety talking to strangers. So you can't or, just be like, hey, go out and just talk to people. But that's
0: fucking cursing. Here's the thing. I agree. But a lot of the times what it is, it's the subject matter. Because to be honest with you, I'm an interactive person. But I think for me, I I say this for males, but I don't want to kind of, you know, put it in there. And maybe Kareem can speak to that. When it comes to sports, you'll talk sports with anybody. I mean, you'll go online and talk to trolls about sports. You'll talk in the barbershop about sports. Sports is just like a universal language that Uh even if you are with somebody that you're diametrically opposed with when it comes to politics and every other aspect of life, when it comes to sports, being in opposition almost makes the conversation more interesting where you're yeah. like, no, they gonna win it now we gonna win it. you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying it's like you what I'm saying is don't ignore the fact that you may potentially have an end to a particular a particularly helpful conversation in the future. And yeah. I, like I said, I think a lot of people shut themselves out and they say, well I'm not gonna go talk to this person. what are we gonna have? like I said, you have nothing to lose. If it doesn't go well, you're in the same exact position you were before you entered the conversation.
2: Yeah, no, true. And just going back to Best in High School, I got, I don't know if you see that picture, but I have that.
1: Was that our best dress? Oh, yeah. my God. Hey, no, time out.
2: To- Y'all are not going to be able to claim best dress yeah.
0: when that won you the award. Yeah. I quit. I quit. <laughs> That one you you look like a bumblebee yeah. who, who went to y'all school where yeah. that wins you I know a lot of our audience are, are is gonna be listening to this he got on a striped bumblebee
2: shirt and I guess at whatever school he went tell him I got the I got the DMP I got the DMP Jordan sixes on so let that you know I got the I got the DMP Jordan sixes on and back then. Those were hot and cost me like three hundred bucks to get those. Bro, and you and went, went off it. your smile. It wasn't even. It wasn't even the. the uh, it I, wasn't I even <laughs>
1: Fresh. I'm gonna give it to you. You know I don't be lying. He was really fresh.
0: I'm seeing the that's the picture he he chose. You know he picked his flyest outfit to be in the picture with and he looked like a damn Bumblebee. I don't want to see what the rest of y'all was looking like. That was the best. We're gonna move on because this best
2: dress ain't the kind of That Actually, person.
1: that makes me have a question. So you love sneakers. You had every fucking pair of sneakers that came out. Is that one of your investing things?
2: No, so like, yeah, I mean, gosh, great question. Going back to that, no, I don't even now, Destiny, I probably have like, honestly, like five pairs of shoes. Yeah. Dress clothes all the time,
1: like me.
2: Yeah. And I had, yeah. And I had, and I had like 70 pairs of shoes in high school. I got five pairs of shoes, but I had to sell them. I mean, they were kind of an investment because when I got out of high school, I wasn't working. And to pay my car payment and my cell phone bill, I had to start selling shoes off you know, so I kind of, kind of regretted Well, my foot got bigger. So, I mean, I, I couldn't wear those shoes anyway now, but yeah, I'll just sell them those shoes off. But that, like, I kind of beat myself up and I try not to, you know, think about the past, but I was spending so much money on shoes. Like every, and every week, like you said, I'm 15 years old and I'm making, you know, 300 bucks, 350 bucks every two weeks as a 15 year old, you know, like, like, Thinking, and, and somebody at the, where I was working at the YMCA, this kid, Brendan, still my friend to this day, he told me back then, he was like, yo, save half your check, spend half. Save half, spend half. I was spending everything. I was, I would get a check on Friday and be asking my mom for gas money on Sunday. Like, check be gone. I'm it buying shoes, insane. buying clothes, going to the movies, taking my boys out, just doing whatever. So it's like, and just knowing, like, knowing what I know now. Like you know, I wish I was into stocks. If somebody would have said, hey, instead of spending money on shoes, why do not you buy Nike stock? Why don't you well, instead of you know instead of every instead of every check, you know, spend half and then invest half into Nike, Nike stock I every ask time. You an I'd idea. Been doing
0: I wanted to ask you an idea, my brother, because like I said, you seem like the perfect person to ask. Like yeah. I was I was saying, like I've seen I don't know, it was some celebrity, y'all might know, cause you know, I don't, I'm don't. i not really on social media and nothing like that. Where I saw like for somebody's like birthday, their partner bought them stock in a company. Yeah. And i am say as black well, That people,
1: way Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. Okay, okay. And
0: I'm yeah. saying as black people, we need to normalize that. Telling mm-hmm. your kids, hey, you got a high school job, put half of it in stocks and spend the other half. And, or like when it comes to like gifts, Oh, I know you think you want that, but I'm going to get, I'm going to buy you stock in X, X, Y, Z company. And I feel mm-hmm. like, so for you to be able to look back at this time and be like, man, I could have been using that money and investing in stocks. And, and I tell people this and people are thinking like, okay, like, oh, that's crazy. But like a lot of these companies, if you would have got in, like at the way beginning, like on an Uber or like, you know some of these other companies that just blew up kind of, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, because a lot of people kind of, you know, projected them to do well, but like yeah. kind of still blew up. You could have got in on a low, like you said, you were spending 300 something dollars a week on shoes. You can get in on a stock at that price. I don't know much about stocks, but I know you can get in on and get some shares with that type of stock and a quick story. Like I said, I'm not gonna run too long with it. When uh, Bill Gates had his company, he offered some of his uh, employees their full checks, and other their employees, he said, "Hey, I'll give you half of your check and invest the other half." The ones who picked yeah. their full checks still work. The yeah. other ones, who like, <laughs> like invest—they're yeah. all millionaires now. Yeah, they're all millionaires now. So yeah. it's like that's got to be your mentality: is let me think about the long
2: game. Yeah, no, exactly. Definitely got to think about the long game um i mean i feel like even people who do work you know whenever your employer says hey we're going to give you a 401k you know we'll match up to five percent or we'll match up to three percent you know take that you know it's free it's free money you know and you're not going to notice that three percent or that five percent missing from your check every two weeks you don't notice that you know and then and then like over time over the five years ten years you're going to see okay you got thousands of dollars just you know accumulating you know just compound interest just accumulating and so I try, yeah, I mean that's a good opportunity for people there. But um I how just you know,
0: stocks we let's because we started talking about stocks. How did you get into that? We learned about how you got into real estate and kind of yeah. your approach to real estate. What's your approach to stocks and how did you get into stocks?
2: So kind of my friend, my friend Nick, um, I'll definitely I'll definitely give it to him. Uh the same guy I was rooming with and who and who got his real estate license and told me, hey, you should get your real estate license. He got me into stock because he moved here. I was working at a golf course. Uh, a mutual friend of ours kind of plugged us together. He moved here from Washington, so he didn't really have no friends like that. And he just moved out here. And then, uh, you know, he was just like, I think he was like interning at Nordstrom. He went to school for fashion. He was interning at Nordstrom. And we would play golf a lot. And then, um, but like, but I seen him, he was always fresh. He had always, you know, he had like a bunch of designer stuff. And then he was telling me his parents were moving here. And then he was like, yeah, my parents are moving here. They're going to buy a house through me his parents bought a house for like $800,000. I'm like, yo, what the heck do your parents do? And then he was like, oh, my dad worked at a company, but my mom, you know, they just did stocks. My mom, you know, my parents, they just do stocks. That's really it. Like they just do stocks. He's like, are you invested in stocks? I'm like, no, I've always heard about it, but I'm not invested in it. And then he was like, yeah, you should get in it. You know, just like invest in things, you know, like, you know, you got Apple, you know, Nike, um, Microsoft. Just think, Walmart. Just invest in companies you know that are never going to go out of business. And then he kind of he set me up with like a little TD Ameritrade account. And then he just kind of showed me. And then it was just like he just kind of broke the he just kind of broke the math down. You know, like you just buy ten shares or something at a hundred bucks. I need you to do that for me, brother. I got you.
1: Say like, what's the starter pack? I really need to do it. I need to do like the stocks. I have been seeing people with some crazy portfolios and cryptocurrency.
0: Like, how do you Crazy know when deal. to get in and when you get out though? Like, so you go in on a stock like a Nike and you know, the market's going to fluctuate. It's going to do its thing. Like, how do you know, like, is, and it's like, are you somebody who likes to put your money in and take your money out as quickly as possible? Do you kind of let it, do you kind of really just ride the wave and see what's happening? Like what, like, how do you play the stock?
1: Or do you take risks or do you just do comfortable stocks? What is it?
2: Um, I mean, I'm not a, so I'm not really a risk taker. I think I try to think long-term, you know, first time i wife and I, we both try to think like long-term on it. Really. Um, If you, if you're, if you're in and out, it's kind of like gambling, you know, Larry's kind of like putting the ticket in, you know, and you know all about that. You know, I know you know, you know fact,
0: that. Just, yeah. fact, for, for the audience, I just, was, <laughs> I was one pick away from turning $25 into 18 grand. See, always. Ooh. And this is what made me mad, though, right? I had the right 10 teams, right? And I'm just going to tell this to the audience real bad because it really pissed me off. I had the right 10 teams originally, right? But the line opened up between the 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks. The over-under opened up around, like, 20, right? So I was going with the under all the way because all their previous games have gone way under the total. But by time I got to the actual betting office and I'll show you the ticket after the episode. So, you know, it's no cap and you can go back and check the scores. Yeah. Yeah. By the time I got to the window, the spread had jumped down to 215. So normally the casino has a right number. So for it to have jumped down five points, I'm like, well, sheets. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to take the first half over because because uh, the 76ers had came off a loss. I generally like taking teams who've come off of a loss, the over in that first half, because they're motivated to like really get out there and like score because they just, they're a good team who have just lost. And the 76ers had come off of the loss. And I think the Mavs might have come off of a loss as well. And I don't know why. My dumbass was not doing math because the first half over under was 112. Well, what's 112 times two? 224 so essentially i could have got the first half lower than what the original total was at that 220 so like i said i will show you i have all my tickets and i will show you i went nine for ten and i was like initially i was i was rooting so hard for the next game to go over the next day because you know the game got moved because of what was happening in Minnesota, I was like, I want, because I had the under in that game. I was like, please let that game go over. So I at least say, well, that was, I would have lost anyway. Nope. The next go under, it looks like it's going to go over the entire game. It was like way over for the first half, but I had the under in the game and it ended up going under and I go, I went nine for 10 and could have turned $25 into 18 grand and lost because it went from 220 to 215, and I decided to go with another pick instead of that one. It's
1: yeah. always coulda, woulda, shoulda. All I fucking know sure. from this conversation is I'm gonna start shooting Kareem my money instead of you because you are always losing my fucking money.
0: Well, that's because mm. I'm
1: gambling and he's playing the stocks. He's doing yes, I'm gonna start sending it to the investor instead of the gambler. That's what I'm doing from now on. Okay.
2: <laughs> and and see, and, and that's my thing. See, like, cause I'd be pissed off losing that $25. That's why I cannot gamble. I'd be so pissed. Like, like I can't sleep. I can't sleep at night knowing like, man, I just lost 25 bucks I could have bought some food. I could have put that in the gas. I could have did something with it and I just lost it like that. And I can't enjoy the game. I love watching the game. How do you do you do you, do you watch the game, Larry, when you put when you bet on here's it?
0: I intentionally don't watch the game. See? It no. Doesn't. No, here's the thing. I wanna make all my bets off the number. What do the stats tell me? What do your first half production versus your second half production, what does your pace of play tell me? And when you watch it, because I always tell somebody, if you think you're gonna watch a game and then understand it to the point where you're gonna get 10 out of 10, where you have less than a 1% chance of getting that, just off your knowledge, you're crazy. You won't do that. But if you're like, yo, this trend tells me this, like the New York Knicks, for whatever reason, always cover in the first half. The Nets always go over in the first half, but go under in the game. So it's like things like that, where you start hitting trends where I really just, it's, a, it's almost like the uh, a perverted version of the market when you're playing the stocks. Like, I'm me, I'm like, well, I'm like, I don't, I might not watch, you know, Utah play, or I might not watch this team play. Or like, you, you kind of get a philosophy, like a lot of the betting public, will bet against the sorry team. So they'll see like the Thunder are like an underdog by 17 to Utah. I'm like, they're still an NBA team. They still got NBA players. You're not going to give me 17 points and me not take the Thunder. So I took the Thunder yesterday and they covered that 17 because it's like they're an NBA team. You know how rare it is for a team to blow, get blown out by 20? Like, you know, you just like, so you bet off a of philosophy more so than teams and thinking that you know more than the casino know.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Put all that knowledge into the stock market, man. It's the same kind of game. Same thing. It, 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 I just like the stocks because, you know, for sure, like the Nikes, the Apples, the Walmarts, Ubers, you know, Ubers Pfizer's, you know, they're they're not going out of business. So you'll never you'll never lo- you never really lose your money. You know, you always have those shares. And that's what and that's what this investor. Too, that's what this one investor, this uh, guy. I know Mr. Jules. He's a day trader. That's all he does the stock market millionaire guy and that's all he does is the stocks he told me you don't you don't lose until you sell until you sell out so if you buy a stock and it goes down like you like you, then, you know if you buy you know you buy 10 shares of uber and say uber you know it goes down you still have those 10 shares you know regardless regardless if it's worth you know you know they're worth now you bought them at 100 bucks a share and now they're at 50 bucks a share share so you lost half your money you still own those shares though you don't lose money until you actually sell it when you go oh i don't want to see it go to zero i'm just going to sell it but if you wait you play the long game you just wait oh you'll you'll wake up a month later two months later and you'll say oh Uber's now at 120 a share you know i just made some money so it's just i like the long term all right so yeah and like destiny was saying uh, about the cryptocurrencies like i'm not really too big into them right now honestly i'm not invested in cryptocurrency but i do i have a friend who i was working with two years ago and he was telling me he was like man these cryptos like bitcoin and this was when bitcoin was eight thousand dollars He was like yo get in bitcoin get in but i'm like i'm like they don't trade on the you know um like that like the actual stock market you don't yeah yeah like yeah you can't like you can't buy them you know they're not publicly traded stocks so i was always iffy but i mean but now like i just now got set up yeah, well I, well, I just now got set up on a Cash App. You can buy a Bitcoin on a Cash App. You know, I, I never knew that. If you have Cash App, you can. It shows you the like buy Bitcoin, and now it's at sixty thousand dollars. And I mean, all the big, you know, billionaire tycoons—they're all putting their money into cryptos. It's just something that we should watch. Um, Coinbase went public today. That's like the that's like the first actual, I guess, publicly traded coin on the stock market. Now it's called Coinbase. I'm not sure. I know they opened up at like two fifty. I'm not sure where they closed at. For sure. Is that the one
1: that Nas is invested
2: in? Is it? It's the yeah. It just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just
0: no, that that's the thing. Like I was saying earlier, about how he's about to be a billionaire? They said because he's invested in that. But when once that you know goes live or whatever the terminology is for um, markets or whatever, that's what's going to push him over. But the question that I was going to have for you is. You know, a lot of people, like, because there's this one NFL player who they said was actually the highest-paid NFL player. I don't know if you heard about the story. was Russell O'Coon. He was a left tackle that he had in his contract. He was going to have half of his contract be paid in U.S. dollars or whatever, and half of his dollars uh, be paid in Bitcoin. And they did that. And for whatever, like, after the season, he ended up making more money than everybody else in the league. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. He's not a, you know – A quarterback, you know, a left tackle is a highly paid position to begin with, but like he was making bank, they say he was like the highest paid player ever because he decided to do it that way. So I think you know, cryptocurrencies is starting to be more accepting, but like, I feel like me, especially initially when like my, my friends would tell me about cryptocurrency, I almost looked at it as like er, like Usher bucks or whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, it's not real money. I was like, you yeah. know, you go into the strip club, throwing around r- random nonsense, you yeah. ain't going around real dollar bills. And it's like, nah, this is actually real money. You know?
2: Yeah. No, it is. It is. And I mean, like, yeah, same way I put it off probably just like you know the majority of the world we, we all been putting it off but I'm just now like well I gotta open my eyes up to it because you see now you can you can buy a Tesla with a Bitcoin you can buy real estate with the Bitcoin now with the the brokerage that I signed up with now exp and in California there's property that are selling for that you can purchase with Bitcoin so wow. yeah so it's just that's now it's just it's real eye-opening to me and like I said honestly I'm not I'm not invested in it right now, but it's just something that people we should we got to pay attention to. We are there any
0: Are there any books you've read or online th- like kind of things that you've come across that you would recommend people who are interested in either real estate or interested in cryptocurrency look at? Like, or was all of your knowledge kind of acquired through word of mouth and kind of just talking to people who are already in it?
2: Um, it's definitely a lot of that networking, but read, I mean, reading as well. Like this book here, what's this, one, this, this is a good, The 10x Rule. This was a good one by Grant Cordone. Um, this is a good book. He's he's a he's a big real estate guy. Um, of course, the 40, yeah, the 48 laws of power, they can grow rich. Like, the, you know, those, uh, the, the Secret, you know, like all those kind of books, just books. That kind of, like, with books. books. Yeah. I love Brothers yeah.
0: with books, Try, trying to get that knowledge. Yeah. Brothers with books. We yeah. starting out. I don't got social media. I like Start that. the hashtag, Destiny. Brothers with books. Hey, I like that a lot. I like it.
2: Right. I, like
1: I got that it. Brothers <laughs> with books, okay. That's why
0: they need me on social media. That's why I'm holding them up. I'm like KD, you know, winning that championship on his own. I'm, I'm, I'm letting them wait for that. But yeah. brothers with books, we, we hashtag yeah. it out. All year long, we're finding new ways to generate income and we're studying up on the topic and we're reading those books. we brothers with books. All 2021, 2022.
2: I love that. I'm throwing that in my bio for sure. Brothers that is
1: wave. Okay. Yeah.
2: Seriously. You gotta, it's good to read. And that's what all like, you know, the Bill Gates and the Warren Buffett, that's what they say. You know, those guys read like a book a week, you, you know? So I try to just read a chapter a day of something. You know just you know just it's always good to read and i don't know just brush up your knowledge a little bit on whatever topic it is but um i love that. you said something big book. that
0: was you said something big early you say that you tried to get your friends and your family to kind of be on this way that just that that speaks to your character but i think that's one thing that's big as the black community that we need to start doing. A lot of us like to get on and then want other people to see us on. So we feel a certain type of way. We feel like, yeah, we've made it. Y'all watch me kind of stunt that I'm on. I like your mentality where it's like the second I'm on, yo, let me get my cousin. Let me get my brother. Let me get everybody else on. Like that's, you could speak to it. From a family perspective, that's just always how we were brought up. It's like, once yeah. somebody's on, you go get the rest of the family on. But and I'm let not... me
1: tell you why. When all the rest of the family's on, you get to save your money. You don't have to love all the rest of the family. <laughs> exactly. Everybody around you is winning so you can hold on to your money.
0: Mm-hmm. exactly that's no that's real talk and then when you, when you're all winning then y'all can go in on something that maybe yeah. up, would be too big for y'all to tackle but together y'all can tackle and like like I said that's kind of like what my mom and her sisters have always done it's like oh okay let's attack something together so I think what you're on and to be like I said I don't know how old you are but you seem like you're a young brother for you to be like already on that mentality, like, yo, like, let me not just get on, but let me get on. Let me talk to my wife. Let, let me kind of impart this kind of business wisdom on her as well. Let me go talk to my cousins. Let's go, black people, we always talk about how can we progress within society? Money always talks. I don't care who you are, but money talks. So if we can come together as a community, it's like, okay. I know, cause everybody knows somebody who's on, you know what I'm saying? And if that person you who's on, that you know was willing to help you get on. Then next thing you know, we we we're just really making those connections, and we're all progressing together. Yeah. And like I say, I feel like other communities do it. I feel like Jewish communities do it. When one of them gets on and gets a business, everybody supports the local business, and we all try to. They all try to make sure they're all on. And and the Chinese community and what have you. But I feel like as Black people, uh, so often, and I don't want to say this about all of us, but like. Yeah one of us will get on and start making money and we just kind of want to stunt. We want everybody else to see that we're flying, we doing it now. But it's like, instead of pulling you up, it's like, nah, kind of just kind of check me out. Or I might I might give you a little sum, but I'm not gonna give you the entire game. You know what I'm saying?
1: And on top of that, Kareem also dropped the gem during this episode that when he wasn't making any money, he had every pair of shoes that came out and now he only has Five pair of shoes while he's in this investing business which that is great that yeah. is crazy right there too yeah no it, but, go yeah. ahead I'm sorry
2: no yeah just going off that yeah I feel like uh just people in our society they just like you said they just want to stunt a lot of people want to flex and a lot of people want to stunt but it's for the wrong reasons you know it shouldn't be for like hey, I want to stunt so you know so I can you know look good in front of these people that I don't even care about these people that I you know I, I want to go you know look good and just you know buy bottles and do and just you know just do things in front of people that you you don't even care about and they probably don't even care about you so it's just I feel like you just got to think long term you know just you know stunt for your you know for your kids or your grandkids just you know think for the future but a lot of people live in the now and and I and I get it I mean you know you never know where we're going to leave this earth you know you don't know how long we're here for so I definitely enjoy ourselves and but I feel like, you know, all try to think for the future and, you know, try to invest in your future and just, you know, be optimistic and think that hey, I'm going to be here for a little bit and, I, you know, I want to enjoy it, you know, and I want to set myself up um, in the future. And then um, going back to what you said, Larry, I feel like just, uh, I feel like it goes both ways though. You got, the, you got the, you do have the person that is on and he's, you know, and when he's doing his thing, and he's probably not, he's probably not talking to people or not, you know, telling people because he may be so focused in what he's doing. And just being on. So awesome. I feel like that just goes back to people kind of having an ego. You know, we got to ask for help. You know, if you see somebody that's on, be like, yo, what's up? What are you doing? How you on? I want to be on. Put me like, ask that guy every time you see him. Like, put me on. Yo, what's up today? Yo, hey, what's going on? Where you going? Hey, what you doing? Hey, let's get some lunch. Let's do something. Like, you know, just ask him. Put me on. I feel like a lot of people, um, they want to help. I feel like a lot of people, especially now these days, they want to help. Like that guy from Wells Fargo, Larry, you said you were just talking to him and you guys just, you know, you built a relationship and then he just wanted to help you. Oh man, because you're like, he probably enjoyed your company and enjoyed your personality, enjoyed enjoyed you being around him. So he was like, hey, I want to help this kid in any kind of way. And I feel like there's a lot of people who do that. And there's a lot of people from different races And they see like, you know, they know, they know what we've been through. They know what our, you know, what our ancestors been through. A lot of people feel like, you know, like they have to help, you know, like they, hey, I want to help this kid. I want to, I want to help these people. You know, they have that, they have that mentality sometimes. So it's just asking for help and they will, you know, you just, we can't have an ego though. Just ask for the help.
1: All right. So cool. Definitely ask for the help. But before we wrap things up, I just want you to give our listeners who are new investors three top tips for starting out and investing. What would you recommend? Go. The first uh, three things that come to mind.
2: Um, Tesla, for sure, uh, that comes to mind. But just research. Okay,
1: investing in stock in Tesla.
2: Yep, investing in stock in Tesla. Uh-huh. Uh, doing your research. Just knowledge. Brothers with books. Sisters with books. <laughs> kids with books. I like our hashtag, Hashtag books, everybody grab a book. So Tesla books, and then of course, real estate, you know, invest in real estate, buy real estate, you know, own that property, own that roof over your head. You know, it's, it's monopoly. We all grew up playing monopoly. So, question.
1: A- so, if you don't have a hundred thousand dollars to buy some real estate, what are you requesting people do to go get the credit line and get a mortgage to pay for the real estate, fix it up and resell it? What are you telling them to do? This is just for our average listener how
2: did you start out in the real estate honestly just find a realtor in your local area and just go hey i'm thinking about buying a house i might not be ready now but maybe in the next year or maybe in the next two years get me on track how can i get on track so i can purchase a home so i can build equity in my house so i can get that compound interest you know so how can i just do just, ask. You know, and we'll and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll get you with a lender. We'll have a lender sit down with you, run your credit, see your job, your bank history, your la- you know, your last, you know, tax statements and all that stuff. You know, we'll go and we'll say, and they'll tell you everything you need to do. Hey, you work this year, save this amount of money. You know, there's a lot of programs out there. First-time home buyers right now, conventional loans, three, you know, three and a half percent down. You know, like that's not a lot. I mean, you guys live in California, so that could be pretty heavy in California, you know? So I live just, in California. Like just,
1: Larry's still in Vegas.
2: Oh, Larry. Oh, link up, brother. Link <laughs> up, there. What? Yes. What? This all right. Y'all right. can get, get together on your
1: own, but I just want to wrap this up and say, first of all, thank you so much for, in, for you know, joining us today and we've definitely been looking forward to this episode i am so proud to be able to call you my friend you're out there all right thanks you guys for listening and if you haven't already please like and subscribe to our podcast i am destiny johnson
0: i'm larry Sampson. thanks for joining us and remember we said that shit
1: and we meant that shit